Hello and welcome to the Wabi Sabi series podcast, unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, a corporate exec turned author who has recently written a series of books about topics we don't often talk about. Things like death, grief, not having kids, and the unexplained power doctors often wield over us. Apparently, some of my books have made some people feel a little uncomfortable, but I felt that I wanted to have far more conversations around weird, wonderful, and sometimes taboo topics. So I reached out to some interesting people and asked them just one question. If there is one topic that you'd love society to talk more about, what would it be and why? And what they've shared with me has been amazing. So let's dive in and see where the conversation takes us. Being generous, it's almost something that, you know, I'm doing it for me as much as doing it for everybody else because I feel good about it. Many would find interviewing your mentor a little confronting, but the fact that my lovely ceramics mentor wants to talk to us all about being far more generous gives you a little insight that we are not talking to your average teacher. You see, despite his 45 years of incredible knowledge around all things ceramics, Malcolm Greenwood is incredibly humble and phenomenally generous with his time and knowledge of his craft. From the very first moment I randomly contacted him to spending time in his studio learning so much in those first few hours, I've been taken aback by how willing Malcolm has been to help others. Now one of Australia's most sought-after potters, Malcolm first began working with clay in 1976 whilst at uni in Massachusetts. After moving to Boston, he began studying various Japanese pottery techniques with visiting Japanese potter Makoto Yabe, including throwing, glaze formation and firing techniques. Whilst living in Nigeria in 1978, Malcolm built a wood-fired kiln, producing pots using local materials. In addition, he travelled throughout much of West Africa, studying the traditional pottery techniques and various collections of antique and contemporary pottery. The form and texture of many of the African pots has had an influence on the development of his work. After Malcolm's early career as an engineer, he left the corporate world in 1989 to begin his dream as a full-time potter. He has often said to me, I left my job in the corporate world one day, walked out the back to the shed, began making pots and never came out. Malcolm's tableware is absolutely exquisite, and if you've dined at some of Australia's top resorts or restaurants, you've likely eaten off some of Malcolm's beautifully made pieces. I'm thrilled to get to talk about something a little different with you today, Malcolm. Thanks so much for coming on my podcast. Welcome. Oh, it's my pleasure. So if there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Generosity. Great topic. Yeah. I think it starts, you know, on a micro level. And for me, I've reached a point in my career where I feel I have an obligation to pass all my knowledge and experience on as it was passed on to me. I mean, that's the beginning of the generosity conversation, I think, you know, just on a very personal basis. And so tell me about that then. So when you, was it when you were in college or when you first started out as a ceramicist that you had people reach out to you or did you find them um, and that's and they shared their knowledge with you or how, how did that sort of happen? Yeah, well, mainly it happened through my sort of first teacher, really, Makoto Yabe, uh, him sharing all his knowledge and skills and ideas and 
and everything. So that was um, more like an epiphany working with him. So that's when it began. And he was such a generous person. Through the years, I realised what an opportunity that was and just how much impact that had. And then, you know, it's sort of just, I suppose, relatively recently that I do have this obligation to pass all that stuff on again. So what he passed on to me had been passed on to him from his teacher and probably his teacher before that. So it's literally the techniques are hundreds of years old. And I've, I've been lucky enough for you to pass them on to me. And I think, you know, that's how we met through a generous friend of ours who introduced us. And you were so gracious. And I think I'll get all emotional thinking about it. But um, when I first reached out to you, you were lovely. And just how you were saying that then about, you know, he had an impact on you. You've had a phenomenal impact on me. And I think, what have I known you for like seven, eight months or something? <laughs> but my pottery, like my journey has just you know, my skill level and stuff has just gone out of sight because of you, Malcolm. You are so generous and we all talk about that, all of us. That oh, you've I'm going to get all teary now. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't supposed to be, but I am. I'm like getting emotional. The question I want to ask though is around that generosity of spirit. Do you think that that's something that people are innately born with or do you think that that's something that we can learn as humans in society? It's an interesting question because I think we are – born with it but I think maybe modern society drives it out of us for some reason you know I was and I was reflecting on this you know is it very different to when I was a kid you know there's so much competition firstly if we think about ceramics there's competition in ceramics there's competition in business yet there doesn't really need to be because there's plenty of work out there and we all can do different things. Maybe we have to, like in this modern era, maybe we have to try and relearn the generosity. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. And I think that competition element's, you know, such a critical part of it. And, you know, business is tough. And I think people feel that, you know, like I've kind of come through the corporate ladder. You were in that those days in your early days as an engineer, and then you kind of stepped out of it and then worked for yourself for the last, what, 45 years or something. So, you know, the corporate ladder is so cut and thrust and it is about stepping on each other to be better and to be faster and to be stronger and your business, you know, make more money and all that kind of bullshit. Yeah, but even in the business world, while there was some competition, you know, I had people in the same industry, competitors, that we would share stuff with and help each other. But I think you're unusual, though, in that regard, don't you reckon? Maybe I am unusual, but needs to become the norm. It's interesting because I think that like I'm I'm completely with you and I think that you know we're that's why we get on so well we're similar spirits in that that regard but um the same so all through my kind of corporate career where I've helped others you know I'm I'm such an ex-athlete so I'm very competitive but I played mostly team sports so for me it's around everyone doing better you know it's not just about me winning or our business winning to your point any negotiations major negotiations in business deals I would always try and get to a solution of a win-win for both like really good for you know the client or us but it's not about screwing them over and you know getting the best deal and the best it doesn't work like that so it's interesting now though coming into the art world and what I've sort of learned in the last year that I've been involved because I haven't really been in this sort of you know the ceramics of the art world before 
And what I did experience in the early sort of part of that is how competitive or to your point, like secretive, some of the, you know, sort of older traditional, whether it's artists or ceramicists, you know, they're so secretive about their techniques or their glazes or whatever. And I was like, wow, that's kind of weird. Like as a learner, you know, I asked, I'd ask questions because I didn't know I was asking the wrong thing. And they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to share that with you <laughs> until I met you. And then you were incredibly gracious with your techniques and your learning and your skills. And to your point that you said earlier, there is enough business out there. There's enough. We're all different. People are making so many unique things. I think people just step need to step into that. And the more gracious you are and the more you share your knowledge, to me, I believe it returns to you. You know, it's acknowledging who helps you, your influences, acknowledging your teachers, acknowledge where inspiration comes from, recognising your peers or your other people's really good work, acknowledging that and saying that's fantastic. Do you think people think that that's a sign of weakness? If I give my competitor credit, it's like, oh, well, you know, that gives them an edge or whatever. Like is that where that comes from and why people don't do that? Maybe it comes from a defensiveness and and less personal strength or something. I don't know. We should be confident in ourselves that we're going to keep moving ahead. If you have a topic burning inside you that you'd love to talk more about and have a conversation with me, I'd love to hear from you. So drop me a line at hello at wabisabiseries.com. Let's head back to the chat. You know, when we do bugger things up, we've got to look at that in a different way. You know, it's not a failure as such. And if we look at it as a failure, it's like moving into that competitive sort of realm. But if we look at a failure as an opportunity to make something better, then maybe that's moving out of that a bit. And the other thing is about that too is, you know, we can bugger things up. Like I bugger things up constantly. That's what ceramics does to you. It teaches you it doesn't, nothing else. It teaches you non-attachment to things. It's what I'm learning. Yeah, well, 40 years experience is just 40 years of fuck-ups. Uh, <laughs> therein lies the best quote of the podcast. I, I remember asking you, I've got to put this in there, but asking you, I'm like, well, like what have I done wrong? And this is something that I've messed up. And you're like, yeah, well, that just happens. I'm like, no, 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 no. Surely it's just because I'm a beginner. And you're like, no, no, that happens to me all the time. And I'm like, no, does this mean it's going to continue for 40 years? I don't know if I can cope. Well, I've been having this problem of what we call plucking, which is the foot ring of the pot or the base of the pot sticking to the kiln shelf a little bit. You know, I've figured out how to solve this problem. And I've passed it on already to other people. And I think this is interesting. I was talking to some mates of mine that are artists and um, they have a podcast, Artwank, which you need to go on. And they were talking, um, you know, someone like in your stage of your career, so it might be a painter that's been, you know, gone through art school and done 20 years of the hard slog. And now, you know, with Instagram, I guess, you know, it's probably I'm a great example in a ceramics element. I've been doing it for a year. I started selling stuff after a couple of months, you know, and some people like yourself could be really cynical at that and go, you have no experience and you don't know anything. And, you know, they were talking about artists that are like that. And they're like, well, you're not a real artist and you can't call yourself an artist until you've done the 20 year slog of working yourself out. Whereas you've constantly encouraged me from the start. Cause I said, do I feel like I'm schizophrenic? Cause I'm like, 
my style keeps changing on a weekly basis. And you're like, but that's exactly what you should be doing. But you encouraged me in that regard rather than belittled me and said, just focus on one thing or whatever. So again, it's that to your point about generosity of spirit. Why do they feel that us as newbies, you know, have to do the apprenticeship and have the hard slog when, as you've just said, you you know, prime example where you've worked on something, obviously maybe months or years, you found the solution and you could keep that to yourself, but you're being incredibly gracious and you're like, here you go. It's not going to make any difference to me. Well, other than positively that you're enhancing people's lives, right? Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) and the risk of... uh getting a big groan from my family when if and when they listen to this is like generosity is like pissing in your wetsuit you get a warm feeling and nobody notices that that's that <laughs> i can't take credit for that that comes from a peanut skits from years ago oh i love that <laughs> but you know when i share stuff i feel good about it so being generous it's almost something that you know i'm doing it for me as much as doing it for everybody else because i feel good about it That's it, Malcolm. If everyone could turn that around and saying, you know, me being generous is giving away stuff, it's actually you're getting so much back. That's beautiful. You also get back help in the end, helping you. You're helping me with with the social media stuff, you know. It's all a big circle. So talk to me more than in a bigger scale. So that's in your day-to-day life and how you bring generosity into your life. What about more from a you know community and society aspect because you know we're still in lockdown um as we record this and um australia's been on an interesting kind of ride i think the last couple of years about you know we saw a lot of really beautiful examples of generosity in the early stages you know two years ago and wonderful examples of what people were doing for each other and stuff and communities and then we sort of saw a you know almost like that complete other element where everyone kind of went very insular and then it was, you know, the fighting in the streets and the, you know, um, look after myself and the, you know, clean out the shopping shelves because I need to worry about me and my family. We've seen the whole gamut, haven't we? So talk to me about your feelings of that and where Australia's at and the communities, et cetera. Well, firstly, you know, I do these workshops, ceramic workshops, and, you know, this is one of the things I talk about right at the beginning about being generous and passing on stuff. I think that's to try and set the stage for, you know, on that micro level of starting the communication around generosity within a small group of people and hopefully it spreads out and out. And then it gets into the bigger community and, you know, hopefully we can start that conversation in the broader community. I think Australia has changed. You know, my wife and I have been talking about this you know, a lot, how ungenerous Australia has become, especially relating to refugees. You know, you look at what Malcolm Fraser did for the Vietnamese refugees. I mean, I've met a few of these people who were either on the boats or children of people that were on the boats, and they're the most amazing people, and they're given so much back to Australia. It's just unbelievable. You know, why can't we do the same thing with Afghanistan, with the Afghan refugees? Already there's been numerous cases of Afghans who have settled here, you know, maybe after 20 years ago, and they're just repaying our generosity a hundred times. Bob Hawke did it with Tiananmen Square people. 
why aren't we doing this and what's holding us back? Holding us back maybe is a conversation, this competitiveness or defensiveness or something. We're a rich country, we should be doing more. So I'd like to think on the micro level we can get people talking about being more generous within our little communities and maybe it spreads out more. You know, when it gets to the COVID stuff, uh, it really upsets me within this last wave that we've got the people in the southwest of Sydney doing it so tough. Obviously, they had to be locked down because the cases were going berserk over there. But we should be following the same regulations, you know, as some form of solidarity instead of flaunting them and, you know, paying lip service to them. So we should be one Sydney instead of two Sydneys. What is it that you think if you wanted to leave a message for people today around what's the difference that they could make in this regard? How could they bring more generosity into their lives? Well, you know what we've done, actually? It's really interesting. I mean, it's obviously little things to start, but being in lockdown, our neighbours left us some cupcakes one day on the doorstep. What Anne and I have done, we've made some cakes and taken them to our neighbours. I guess we just have to sort of set an example on a very small community level and maybe it sort of ends up spreading out. Yeah, I think that's the point, right? It's uh, living your life with more of a generous heart and open heart and being more generous about all you do every day and thinking if there's one little thing that you could do today for someone else that makes an impact, to your point, it usually makes you feel good as well. And then hopefully, you know, that beautiful movie, like the pay it forward, then someone else does it to, you know, and it has that reverberation effect in that small micro example, as you said about you with workshops and you brought us all together, 14 of us, and we had this amazing, you know, four or five day workshop together. And from that, you know, there's a number of us that do a lot of sort of stuff and help each other out on a daily basis now in um, our little ceramics. And that's all because of you. And you taught us to be more generous about our learnings and different things that we're trying. And yeah, so it's um, that has an impact. And I think just that will continue on. One of the things that I did want to mention, too, is um, the other person has been very inspirational for me in this regard, is Peter Rushforth. He's passed away now, but he was sort of like a grandfather of Australian ceramics. He was an incredibly amazing man. He um, was a prisoner of war on the Thai Burma Railway. He's responsible for the ceramics at National Art School. He started East Sydney TAFE, basically, in ceramics. But his best mate was a Japanese potter who had trained as a kamikaze pilot. And here's somebody who just survived the Thai Burma Railway. The forgiveness, unbelievable. Yeah, that's next level, isn't it? There's so much research in around that of the angst and, you know, internal turmoil, I guess, that is held within our bodies when we hold a grudge on someone or about something. And so it's something I learned many, many years ago is that, you know, let it free, set them free. They might have done the wrong thing by you or to you, but if you can learn to forgive and to move on, you may not have the relationship with them again or anything to do with them or never see them again, but but holding that in and as a person who's survived cancer, I do feel that there is a lot 
around that, you know, there's not the research there, but there's a lot to say around cancers cause for lots of reasons. One of them, I believe, is, you know, huge stress in the body. And so holding that, I had a tumor the size of a football removed from me and I have a visual that that was, there was so much in that, you know, so much angst and holding this kind of against someone. So you need to set it free as much as you can. And to your point, then being more gracious. And that's a beautiful story about Peter. Like what what an amazing thing for him to forgive like that and to move on. and And, you know, the other thing is what you're saying. You don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling when you're angry or you're fighting with somebody. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And sometimes you don't reconcile. There's people in my life I haven't reconciled with and I'm like, okay, that's, it is what it is. I can't keep, you know, holding on to that. They did the wrong thing or I feel they did the wrong thing, but that's kind of my problem if I continue to get angry about it. I need to move on. So, no, that's a beautiful, beautiful example there. So if uh, you want to leave one more point then around something that um, you like to do that to be generous to others? Well, I just like sharing my experience and my skills. Do you think that's come from being a certain age and stage though? Do you think, you know, as 20 and 30-year-olds early in this career, they should be starting to do it early too? Not just wait until you get to a stage? Because you said you feel like you've got a obligation, but why is that when, you know, you get to your stage? Why shouldn't we all have that obligation? Well, possibly we should. You know, within ceramics or within anything, there's going to be things that we individually come across that somebody else doesn't come across. And you might come across it, you know, at the beginning of your journey and I haven't confronted it. And you can pass it on like I solved this problem. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe people are not so aware of it, you know, maybe um, I don't, maybe it's not taught and, you know, it's not brought up when we do people go to workshops and classes and things I don't know Mm. I do think it's changing because of you know online and social media and the digital world like as I said to you before you know when we first met the amount of stuff I was in lockdown when I was first kind of really at early stages of learning and I just trawled the internet on you know in terms of YouTube and Instagram videos and stuff and I was actually taken aback about how gracious and incredibly, you know, open and honest people were about sharing their skills for no apparent, you know, monetary return. They were just putting stuff out there. And I think that there is that, I guess, belief in the sense of, you know, if I teach you and what's happened with a lot of those people is they've got huge followings and therefore they can sell their products really easily. So it has actually come back to them full circle. But when that first started out, people were like, why am I giving all this information away? Why am I teaching someone something for free? You know, I should be charging for a workshop or whatever. So I think it's definitely changing. I would say on the other side, it's been interesting with my candle business, how many times we get hit up like with younger starting out people that literally want all our information for free. <laughs> you know? Where did you go to get this? How did you do that? What? And I'm like, whoa, I'm sorry. That's, that is actually IP in my business. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to give that away. Happily to help you and guide you in other senses. But they're just, you know, people I don't know that randomly just contact us and ask us for all our, you know, so it's like kind of strange. So there's definitely a level. <laughs> there's certainly things, you know, if, Maybe one or two glazes that I keep to myself, that's all. Yeah, which makes sense though. That's your IP. It's like a cooking recipe with a chef. So glazes are the same. You could give me the ingredients, which you have done on a number of your other glazes, but I fire it. I use different clay. I fire at different temperatures. I do different pieces. So it's actually never going to be the same anyway. And your all the different ingredients that you do for that particular glaze makes it 
the Malcolm Greenwood special. Yeah, that's why there's no point in holding on to it, really. Oh, that's so beautiful. Malcolm, it's been such a delight to chat to you today. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. How fun to get to chat to you about something different other than uh, clay and glazy. Well, we still talked about that, but it was fun. Getting that warm, fuzzy feeling. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't got your wetsuit on, I'm worried. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. It was a pleasure. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, You'll find all the show notes and interesting links on our website, wabisabiseries.com. If you'd like to hear more unexpected conversations, please subscribe to the series, follow us on our socials, or grab one of my books. And if you're in a generous mood, I'd love you to share the episode, or maybe even rate, review, and comment on the series. It really does make a difference. Until next time, be sure to claim your own piece of wabi-sabi and walk proud in your perfect imperfections.